Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical. Medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is a Lip Media podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a dissection of social and cultural issues relevant to gay men. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can frackin' be. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never stop saying it. He fracks, goddammit. I'll never stop. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter, or join our community on Facebook by searching The Gays Are Revolting. And support the show and access our after shows and live streams at patreon.com slash gaysrevoltingpod. Hey! Hey! That's the hey. script. Oh my god, we're in the same room. We are. <laughs> we're so back nice. in the same room. It's this so is exciting. So weird. I can touch you all. You're right. You're not yeah. Yeah. COVID-19. Social. Get away, Mikey. <laughs> For uh, anyone outside of Victoria, this is sort of the first time that we uh, have been yeah. able to legally be in the same room Absolutely. and catch up and be yeah. back in the studio, and it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Our bumblebee. So we've had several wines. Yes. All our hairs, hairs is, is uh, longer. Mm. Yes. We're all bigger. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. All right. <laughs> but our no, producer's been very good. Everything's been sanitized it's, for yeah. us. Especially yeah. Luke. We had to boil Luke oh, for God. a while. <laughs> I've been sprayed down before they let me in the in the in dang the building. building. Yeah. They yes. said, you, you better step We're going to gun 20 your body. Yeah. I, I have to be saying, though, this isn't the first time uh-huh. I've been in the room with one of the, the co-hosts because I had no. Mikey over to record an episode yes. of mm-hmm. my um, Hungry Jack special. Couple and he was ago. by far the worst guest <laughs> I have oh. ever had the, the, the displeasure of, of hosting. He drank alcohol on, yeah, on the camera. He never looked, never in, looked the, in the camera. He never looked at directly at the camera. No. It was it's one for the. It, it was a very um, interestingly delusional night. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to say it's it actually not the first time I've been in the same room as anyone from the podcast either, yeah, because yeah. I had uh, Mikey and oh, well, Kyle fucking and <laughs> yeah. Dan, our and producer, Dan. Right. and um, I think some of your family. Emily, actually, Luke, and uh, <laughs> actually, everyone I know except for you, Luke, uh, came yeah. over for dinner the other night, which was nice. So, but it's, it's it's exciting to be back. Mm. We're safe. We're being responsible yes. and, and sanitized. Um, but we are glad that I think when we made it work while we were doing online episodes, mm. we did yeah. that. We did our best. But yeah. I think uh, it's exciting to be back together, and it will. It is very good. Gives it a bit for of morale. Extra- <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Now we've got some pretty important stuff to talk about uh, this week. Do stay tuned for that. It, there's some some pretty intense stuff coming up, but I think some pretty important things to be Definitely. discussing. Of course, we will be uh, joined this week by Indigenous journalist uh, Alan Clark to discuss yes. how the Black Lives Matter movement is rising in Australia. Big fan. Uh, big fan mm. and uh, very important chat. 
But before we get into that, I would like to talk about something that I've only just become aware of, probably because yeah. I live in Victoria, but New South Wales are yes. uh, very rarely ahead of us. Ahead of the time <laughs> at the moment. But they have really... Uh, Shown their stuff. They're, they're, yeah. They've launched a new program, which is really exciting. It's a new at-home HIV test. Mm. Have you guys heard about this? Yes. Ah, yeah, I was reading I was about, about this. Yeah, today. basically, it's a new initiative. It's for men, uh, both cis and trans mm-hmm. uh, identifying men, uh, who have sex with other men uh, and make love. Thank you. It doesn't have to be love. I have had a lot of sex that has not been making love. I can yeah. tell you that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the great thing is they don't have to have a Medicare card that's, no. a, that's a really big oh. thing or at least they don't have to present their Medicare card yeah, so yeah. it does mean that people that not, uh, perhaps Australian citizens mm. or does that um, also mean it doesn't go on your My Health yes My it does My Health yeah, yeah, record yeah. Yes. because oh. people don't want everything being on their exactly there. but also a lot of people I mean I, I've got a friend who's I think 25 and still has the family Medicare card you know oh. with the parents names and, the, and your name down the bottom mm-hmm. you know we've just talked about before one of the, the biggest problems with um, HIV testing and the, and the, the most important thing I think as a gay man to, to end the the transmission of HIV is to get tested regularly yeah. Yeah. but we know that for a lot of people in the community it can be something that's very scary, very confrontational. We've all talked about our first HIV tests, how Mm. scary that can Mm -hmm. be. I think this, the great thing about people being able to do it at home is um, it takes a lot of those elements out that might be quite yeah. confronting for people. And like you don't have to talk to someone about it. You can just... No, no I think well, you, you do still, talk to you someone. Do. Well, you yeah. do. Sorry. You go not, on like a video, sorry. don't you? Yeah, and then sorry. They, it's, so it's not like a face-to-face yeah. like, but Exactly, yeah. So it's a remote... better than kind of having to go into a clinic yeah, with a lot absolutely. of people. And I think it's actually yeah. important that people are having conversations. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it is that human connection while you're going through that mentally. I think it's definitely very important. Well, there's a duty of care whenever you're being medical mm-hmm. service yeah they can't just send ship you out like can't. a kit and be like good luck <laughs> but the great thing about the, the, the contact that you have with this program is it's all peer-to-peer so it's, mm. it's other male identifying oh that's good people that I have sex that. with other men yeah. mm-hmm. that, are, that are doing right, that are on the other end and it's it's also remote so it can be yeah. video chats or phone calls or something yeah. like that um which and, and again I, to me i mean personally i i'm more of a face-to-face kind of person yeah. but i'm not from yeah. that generation mm-hmm. so for a younger generation i think this virtual catch-up thing mm-hmm. is actually a really great new initiative for them to be yeah. seeing medical professionals Absolutely. and getting this information that they need telehealth is a huge so as someone who Manages a mm. psychology Especially practice at the moment. that yeah. recently had to mm. uh, migrate all of our right. services mm. to telehealth. There definitely is a gap between mm. people who can just like adapt to it and it's sure. amazing. Mm. And we're finding this really incredible thing where it's actually beneficial to a certain demographic of people, mm-hmm. specifically our age group, yeah. who uh, potentially have like... 50 different things on the go it, and we're comfortable in front of a camera that mm-hmm. it actually makes accessing healthcare much more convenient and easier for us and therefore we're more likely to do so. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, we do talk about often people not engaging in healthcare because of uh, stigmas or, or mm-hmm. fear, but there's also the the worried well part of like our demographic who don't because we just simply don't have the capability to mm-hmm. carve out the time mm-hmm. and so I, I i something i've found is we've had engagement rates at least in our mental health increase because yeah. people can just like hop online mm. do an online consultation telehealth is yeah. like honestly for people in australia 
mental health funding mm. for telehealth is due to end in September, mm. and I think that's a huge mistake. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we'll see a lot of conversations around that, and not only for like people in our demographic, but for people who live rurally oh, who yeah. don't have. They already have it. That's oh, a thing. Okay. That's oh, so true. if you live okay. in a rural area, you already get have access to that. have access okay. to subsidies for telehealth mm-hmm. because of that. Um, but, but it this, should be across the board. This initiative, though, imagine... I mean, no one at the moment, until now, has been able to do remote HIV. Well, that's not true, sorry. You could pay to have HIV tests bought from overseas, but they mm. weren't um, approved like by the Australian... Yeah, yeah, they weren't approved by the, by the Australian yeah. Medical Board and that yeah. sort of stuff. So yeah. this is the first time for free that people mm. get at-home testing um, for HIV. So, okay, New South Wales isn't the biggest state in the country, but imagine when they can roll this out in the Northern Territory and, and Queensland and uh, Western Australia and that sort of yeah. stuff. This is going to be a game changer mm. for people wanting to yeah. access this kind of health because, you know, as we've talked about before, people living in rural areas, you don't just go down to mm. the, the GP and say, I want a HIV test yeah. because then everyone in the town, well, the fear is that everyone in the town might know that that's something yeah. that you've gone and asked whispers, for. Whispers, yeah. whispers, 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 whispers. Like and, and often it's, you know, that that, that GP yeah. is a family GP that your that's whole family it. go to. It's just yeah. sort of, like, and I get it. Well, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the thing. Like, it's yeah. also great for people who are, like, male identifying that do have sex with men, but do not have, like, sort of the family support around them or have yes. the family or friends that know <laughs> that they do. Or around their family and friends. Exactly we also right. have to acknowledge whether it's they moral or not. They can be discreet about it. Yeah, whether it's moral or not and whether you personally accept it, there are a lot of men... Uh, who are married and, mm. and possibly still in a sexual relationship with their wife yeah. who are having sex with men as well, Absolutely. who aren't getting tested because of the yeah. issues that that, that yeah. might arise. Now, yeah. moral stuff aside, it's still essential mm-hmm. that these people are getting HIV tests. In fact, it's essential that anyone that's having extramarital sex should still be getting HIV tests, but yeah. especially uh, men having sex with other men. Tested so the everything. other great thing about yeah. this, the other great thing about this program is that, that once you've had this online consultation, mm. <clears throat> You're then sent a little kit, and it's sent in plain packaging for discretion. They just read it. Yeah, a very small package. Mm. It's not like a big thing mm. that says, "Here's your HIV test." Yeah. Um, and it plays then you a little song when you like a butterfly flies out. One of those things that shoots confetti out of the car. Could you be imagining that? Oh my god! Sometimes you order porn, and like I don't, I just want to get a little bit of levity before we dive right into the but. Sometimes you'd be ordering porn and it comes in that like ordering porn online or via the mail system. You call up the number. There's a mail order like home shopping. Who calls up a number for porn? Because sometimes you're 13 years old. Look at the. We're talking historically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you're a you're a little boy that wants to get his rocks off. Oh Jesus, you're daring. Uh, why didn't you do what everyone else did and just jerk off to the underwear labels? Yeah. Oh my god. I did that too, but they got you know my parents kept binding them and I had to keep yeah. blaming it on my sister. <laughs> Maybe that's why she doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> oh my god. I, I mean, I can think of other reasons. But <laughs> the technology in those things is actually really amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. you prick your little finger, mm. you put it in the machine, it beeps at you and everything. Mm. But my it, best friend. Like, my best friend at high school, uh, Matt Bendel, was Diamond. Matt Bendel, not name name. No, Matt Bendel. It's such a cool name. It's one of those Matt names you have to say. Matt both. underscore Bendel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really Shout out to Matt Bendel. 
Lovely guy. He, I think he does listen. Oh, hi, Matt. Uh, he uh, was diabetic, and but we were like we felt pretty cool because everyone wanted to come and have their finger pricked by Matt. Yeah. And so sometimes some people would like get their fingerprint. They, like I think it would give them 50 cents. They'd yeah, give them 50 yeah, yeah. cents or something. And uh, they'd like get their fingerprint and then they their sausage roll and their packet of chips yeah. and then they get their fingerprint mm. to get pricked again to see <laughs> if Fuck? it would change. And he's just earning his lunch money. Oh, yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, he's making the like, dollars. Yeah. Give me that. I did a diabetes test with my dad. Turns out. It turns <laughs> out I'm 100% <laughs> that bitch. Uh, the other interesting thing that's been happening before we dive mm. into deep dive into deep dive territory yes is um something i've been that we've we talked a lot about on this show is mm-hmm. being on grinder grindy and um they've recently removed a feature which is quite contentious in our community mm-hmm. <laughs> because it pisses off quite a few people and i'm um, interested to see where this goes <laughs> can you whisper on a <laughs> on a podcast uh yeah. So I don't know if you if is it the leaving been... voice messages? Isn't that a new thing on Grindr? Oh my do god, voice <laughs> they should remove that because that sounds terrifying, and I hope creepy. to never be single. Can again. I tell you a story? Once? <laughs> Sorry, before I get to what they actually yeah. changed, someone I told someone on Grindr once that I was from Adelaide, and they were mm. like, "Well, do you say dance?" France they made you properly. say it on a voice and thing. They made Shut me up. say it on a voice no. thing, but I had to dance send them a prance. voice thing, oh, so I didn't me like pronounce it dance, prance, or whatever. And then yeah. they said, it's okay, yeah. I'll suck you now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, something that's always felt really icky to me, and, uh-huh. and I've personally had quite a, a weird relationship, because I, I, mm. I have a frequent flyer on their apps, <laughs> is that in the past, you could actually uh, filter people by their ethnicity. Mm, and yeah. it actually... It, on when Grindr. You put, on yeah. Grindr. And you can... Uh, I'm pretty certain you can do it on Scruff too, but even the fact... Hinge is a new app, but even when you're setting up a profile, the fact that it prompts you in those, like, let us let me get some of this information from yeah. you. And it's like, mm. well, how tall are you? And, mm. and how old are you? What's your weight? And, and what is your skin color? <laughs> yeah. And what, what color do you be? Yeah. Like, what color are yeah. you being? You kind of go like, oh, I see where we're going with, yeah. with mm. this. And it make, it turns yeah. you off. You, you get... In a lot of ways, it's a microaggression on a, like... For sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's micro. Scale. There's nothing micro no. about it. Macro. <laughs> well... You know, because it's framed in another way. Grinder had a had a sort of statement that, hey, we put this in here so other minorities could find, you know, yeah, like I've read I, that I could before. Yeah, okay, they say this. that, but they never even had Indigenous Australian no. on there. There wasn't. That wasn't. Uh, they had to be other. Yeah, I've been other for a while mm. on on that. Yeah, oh, I think they had. Same. They do have mixed, but even that, I don't mm. really feel comfortable no. putting down on it because I don't feel like my color necessarily has. I don't like putting any of my details mm. down on 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 the apps for, but you're just a blank yeah, profile. Just, just, no, just a talk you're one of those. It's just a grey face, <laughs> and I sent your photos and, to and Kyle. And you just send hi uh, twenty times. Yeah. Hey, hey. Hey. How's it going? Hey. No, the, the, but this is serious. Yeah. I'm yeah. so fucking glad. It, it it is in recognition of of the Black Lives mm. Matter movement that they're finally because people been asking for this for a while. Mikey has something. You know what thing <laughs> blows my mind though, like. The fact that they did a kinder campaign last year about ethnicity and but being kinder didn't. to other people, but did not remove it, and it's only taken for it now when Black Lives Matter happens for them to remove it. Mm. Like, yeah. that's great the that they have, works, and I absolutely babe. appreciate them for doing it. But it's just like you had a chance a year ago mm. when you were dealing with race issues. Mm. You had Why a chance is it only four now? years ago when you introduced that filter, and social media yeah. was a blaze. Sorry, I'm just 
getting no no oh, I, you know getting annoyed. get angry down so annoyed they have, they yeah. have had they've been told constantly yeah. by the community that we think that this is not a, yeah. this is not okay this is not correct and That's they've kept it. it there absolutely here's the thing to be excited about though I yes. think. If they're doing it, it means mm. it's because the majority has swung. So when Absolutely. when there was reaction to it yeah. before, they were going, "Yeah, okay, we're losing yeah. some people who don't like the idea that this filter's here, mm-hmm. but we're making more money off the people that are." Now this, I know that this is no. a fucked up way of looking yeah, at yeah, it, yeah, yeah. but when corporations swing in your favor, yeah. it means you're winning. It means there's a f- it's there's a fucked up symptom happening. that there is change mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. So they're only doing it because it's financially beneficial to them. Yes. So that means that okay, when we when it was first launched, they looked at the people complaining and and they went. Now nah, we still make more money mm-hmm. the other way. When the kind of thing happened and people were saying, oh, it's still fucked up, you've got the race filter on there. Yeah. They were like, yeah, but we still make more money with it. So if they're actually changing it now, now that this, this movement is, at, people are really standing up and listening yeah. to it, then they've realized, hang on a second, this is the thing more people care about, mm-hmm. which is a really great mm. symptom. It, it'll, it'll tie into what we talk about later on in the show, but unless the systematic and, and the approach changes to race in general... Yeah. Removing the filters actually just kind of means jack shit to to me because you mm. you're not changing people's minds or attitudes. What needs to happen is is grinder needs to say we've removed this filter. Uh, we also now classify you putting in your bio. Mm-hmm. You know, no Asians, no mm. rice, whatever. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. we consider that hate speech. Absolutely, and you'll be blocked. Yeah. Without a fucking um, you, you that should be a reportable block. thing. Yeah. Is it not? It's no. not. No. You can't report people for no. that. Because that's fucked. Because that they base it as a preference. They base it as a preference. Like, no, it that is, is straight out racism. That's Jesus. what it is. But you, like, you can remove filters and options all yeah. you like, but as long yeah. as as long as that mentality exists, mm. yeah. people like me will still feel the same way and get treated the way that we're treated. Mm. So I, I think yeah. it's cool that it's gone because it's made it a little bit more difficult for people for to sure. filter me out Absolutely. of Because <laughs> they all got to so see you now. So welcome to the all next, of them. you know, year of your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Uh, but uh, as, as long as um, people still be gross, yeah. it'll be gross. That's yeah. that's yeah. my yeah. two cents, honestly, mm-hmm. Is is like... People are still going to put that shit in their profiles, yeah. regardless of whether mm. the filters exist. That's true, but I am glad that, that it's. To be I'm glad that it's harder for them to do that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now it's sort of hard to know where to start with this, but firstly, I just want to sort of give my condolences to like the Floyd family, of course, and anybody affected by police brutality in America and around the world. Around the world, yeah. Who is of colour, of any colour at all. And, like, I sort of want to pay respects to the Indigenous people of Australia as well. It's a really hard time to watch what's happening in the media at the moment. It's very, very in your face. It is a lot to take in. But I think it's something very important for all of us to talk about how horrible everything is and the fact that it's taken for another person to die on film again and to actually be heard, I guess, finally this time. Watching the media and watching how that they're portraying these riots happen as if it just came out of fucking nowhere. Mm, yeah. To watch white reporters say, oh, but they should be protesting peacefully. They should be doing this and they should be doing that. They were. Absolutely. Well, they started off doing bullshit. that and that wasn't working. Because and... we have been. 
for so long. And the only reason why these things turn into riots is because of police brutality. Because the police push back, they do not let us just peacefully protest whatsoever. And especially in America as well. Mm. It is in their Second Amendment right to be able to peacefully protest, is which is exactly what they've been doing. We should not have to go out and protest constantly for the exact same rights that white people have. It is really, really emotionally taxing to watch people that I care about have to go through this shit again. Mm. Like, because that's the thing. It's not mm. the first time that we've yeah. had to do this. It's I just, really oh, it and is, everyone's absolutely at a breaking point, especially there because so all their leaders are failing them in such a way. There are years of frustration. Yeah. This yeah. is the thing, and like, yeah. I just want to really clarify that mm. we are not a journalistic podcast. No, we all our opinions. There is a lot of frustration behind <laughs> this, and I tell you what, Mikey and I in particular are feeling this because when it comes to topics of race, even though we're fully aware and something I really want to highlight a million mm. times over Black Lives Matter is a movement about black lives. Yes, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not about little Filipino lives. No. <laughs> not, no. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? Not about Maori lives. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we understand some aspects of it, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. But it's a feeling we recognize. It's yeah. not one that we've personally experienced. It's really important especially to our allies and to people posting yeah. that you can't have this fear of being like, well, person of POC is like the correct term to be yeah. using when I'm talking about this because POC includes me and, mm. and this is about black lives in particular, mm. this particular protest. Yeah. But on a greater systematic scale, we feel a lot of frustration, mm. anger, fatigue. Yeah. Fatigue Massive is a huge fatigue. one because We've been talking and fighting and mm. and uh, and pushing against these sort of systematic problems mm-hmm. for years, yeah. for years, and we get and we get told no, it's not that big of a deal, mm. or we yeah. get laughed at, or yeah. we we find it we find a way to do it through comedy mm-hmm. on things like this show, yeah, and and there's a level of frustration and fatigue mm-hmm. when suddenly the world is like tuned in to yeah. a specific fret thread and it's an awful tragic borderline civil war yeah that you go it's about to it be. is a civil yeah, war. Yeah. It is go, war it's gonna blow up the, 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 the president yeah, sent now, in troops to fight yeah. his own people it is a civil war yeah. it's fucked the the level of frustration you could only imagine mm. to be seeing you know what was it 3.9 million people post mm-hmm. a black square. Mm-hmm. Do you know how, like, how ultimately frustrating that is yeah. for people that, like, this is my own personal experience of the past two weeks. Mm. Yeah. To be seeing my timeline filled of black squares yeah, yeah. and going, y'all never spoke mm. up shit. Yeah. Y'all never spoke up fucking shit before mm-hmm. this. Do you know how fucking frustrating that is mm. and i want to see receipts yeah i want to see receipts financially yeah that's it if you like, post a black square where yeah did you put your money outside of doing that yeah where that's it what petitions have you signed what content have mm, you shared yeah. like i'm sorry to get that's angry thing, like, but like mm. it's great that you've posted the black square but i need you to follow up 
Like, I need you to follow through with that action. A like, call to action. Exactly yeah. it's right. It's not just about Googling an image of Black no. Lives Matter and posting that on your social media wall. It's actually about actually providing mm-hmm. real information that people can use yeah. and actually doing things yeah. to help their cause. Here's, a, here's my call to action. Yeah. You posted a black square. Mm-hmm. If you have a job and if you have the fiscal ability to go out for drinks or buy a coffee, yeah. you can afford $20 to a Absolutely. bail fund. Mm-hmm. To, to a legal fund. To a legal fund. Absolutely. Even here within Australia, yeah. there's yeah. the Victorian Aboriginal yes. legal services Absolutely. that you can donate to. Yeah. If you don't have that money, I understand that. I don't have totally. that money all the time either. I was able to, like mm. I was privileged to be mm. able to this time. Yeah. If you don't, the bail funds have set up numerous YouTube videos that you can stream yes. yeah. in the background that actually generates revenue mm-hmm. through the ways ads. That you can do it, yeah. Especially like on the home front here in Australia, like our indigenous people, they're the ones being left behind. They just don't have the numbers to have the same sort of protests that they do have in the US. There are still protests going on and there are indigenous people protesting, but because it isn't on such a large scale, you don't see it. And because the media is white as well, you don't see it. Mm-hmm. The 435 people that have died in police custody since 1991 have not seen justice. Not a single police officer has been charged, even after the Royal Commission in the early 90s. Like, I just don't fucking get it. Like, please, please, please share Indigenous news. We all live in a fucking white bubble. I live in a very privileged bubble. We all fucking do. Like, majority of the people that listen to this show do. Let's be real. Get into it, please. It's so beautiful to hear you speak so passionately about mm. this and it has been mm. so beautiful to see voices that have never been heard in the last yeah. few days being being aired finally. And there's so many more that need to be heard and that's why it's so exciting. As a white person mm-hmm. um, who can never understand what it's like for you guys and, and what it's like for the black people that are protesting here and in the States and around the world, I'm so happy that there is a, there's a, like, we're starting to finally chip away at a giant boulder, and there's so mm. much more of that boulder to go, but we are seeing little chips being made into it, and people are starting to stand mm. up and listen to it. Um, the only, the only thing that I really have to say is, is, is for fellow white people like myself, I know that it is really sometimes confronting to sort of be mm. sitting there going, oh, and you go, well, hang on, I do the best I can, and you, and you probably yeah. are, and that's great. Mm. It's not a personal attack on you. Don't get personally offended and, and, and then Absolutely. go off the other way. Listen, just continue yeah. listening. And the other important thing, and, and, and uh, a friend shared this on social media yesterday, person of colour directed towards mm-hmm. white people, and I, th- I thought it was really interesting. They were saying, you know, white people, I know that it might be confronting for you to um, confront family members or colleagues mm-hmm. when they say things like, well, all lives matter or white lives matter as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, it might be a little bit confronting for you to stand up to them. But at the end of the day, the worst thing that's going to happen to you is you might be embarrassed or you might have a bit of an argument or you might stop talking to somebody. Yeah. At the end of the day, for what what black people that are protesting Mm -hmm. are are facing is death. Yeah. So for us, there is very little risk for standing Mm -hmm. up and actually having an active Mm -hmm. voice. And it shouldn't actually be the responsibility of black people to convince white people that uh, Black Lives Matter. It's mm-hmm. actually yeah. our it's responsibility. Like, it's, it's the responsibility of the people, the white people that, that have recognised this, to go and sort their mob out and they shouldn't be mm-hmm. expecting 
black people to go in and mm. convince their their white our white family members to sort it out. We need mm. to go and approach those people. Look, go and do some reading about how you can mm. actually approach and spread the message and yeah. give tools to other people in the community, in in your own community, about how to support this this yeah. incredible movement that needs to, that is way overdue of happening. Yeah. Because it's it's a privilege to educate yourself about racism instead of experiencing it. Mm. Yes. Like, yeah, I think a lot of white people do get very weird and awkward about it. Like, I've definitely yeah. been afraid of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. But it's your responsibility to educate yourself. The information is out there. Mm. Go educate yourself. Watch videos. Read books. Mm. Talk to people. Have conversations with other more educated white people on the yeah. topic. Um, but also, like, it's okay if you say the. Yeah, if your intention is to it, do the right just thing, just say it. And actually, if your intention apologize. is there and right, mm-hmm. just say the things because you're actually having the conversation yeah. then. And then and if you get it wrong, someone, can, some, if you get it wrong, someone can correct you yeah. and actually you have the conversation because then people are talking about and, it. Yeah, don't take offense when someone does correct you. Yes. Yeah. And like one suggestion that I've given to a few of my white friends is that you got to be open. If yeah. you're scared about talking about this make friends with people of different races involve yourself in those (laughs) cultures one of the big things that i've been seeing recently is white gay men turning around and being like i need you all to like stand up for gay rights and it's just like hang on this is like the whole all lives thing matters like it's such bullshit and like i saw a great example of someone comparing to Mm. um someone explaining that their house was on fire and then they're calling for help. Yeah. And people are like, we need to help that person. Their house is on fire. And then someone else next door mm-hmm. with a perfectly fine house saying, my house mm. needs help yeah, too. And absolutely. they're like, well, your house isn't on fire, so you're fine. Yeah. Like, All houses matter. Yeah. So I'm like, it's such a stupid yeah. concept. Yeah. So for people to be pushing that because no one's turning around and saying that all lives don't matter yeah all lives matter but you don't need help like Like, we do not need to say that like the point is black lives fucking matter like Mm. that's that's the highlight of this because black people are being oppressed like and because people aren't aware the issue exactly right another interesting thing is there are so Mm. many people in our community in our white community not only queer but but the broader community as well mm-hmm. that have benefited from riots and from protests mm-hmm. and from fighting police directly, and I'm not just talking about you know the ones that we've seen a lot in social media like Stonewall, yeah, um, yeah. But, you know the, the first Mardi Gras that mm-hmm. was queers versus police absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, one of the oldest stories in in, a, in, in white Australian history, the, one of the first things you learn about in school in history in Australia is the, the Eureka Rebellion mm-hmm. uh, with the miners fighting the police. Is literally the same thing that was, there was an, an oppressed group of people mm-hmm. that that were being killed easily by police, and they started a rebellion, a, a vicious fight against the police. Now that's yeah. hailed now as a heroic movement, and I find it really ironic that there are a lot of people that benefit from that in in white mm. Australia mm. that now have an issue with with yeah. with black people rising up and saying hang on this is really fucked up and we need to be heard yeah yeah absolutely I, um I watched a documentary earlier in the week um it's actually on Netflix and I would urge all our listeners to watch it it's called la 92 mm-hmm. on Netflix and it just um, highlights all the riots and everything that happened in 92 to do with Rodney King, um, who was victim to uh, police brutality and it was actually caught on film, like unaware to them. And it was this whole lead up to this whole situation of how these five cops were beating the shit out of this guy and they didn't know they got caught on camera. And then they had literal video footage of all these people doing this awful fucked up thing and then they all got let off and like it Mm, sparked the riots and it's some fucked up, powerful heavy shit to watch uh, but mm. i think it's definitely needed to kind of see that history of racism in america yeah yeah i i would highly highly recommend it it's called la 92 mm-hmm. yeah the thing that we're seeing 
that is happening in mm. America right now and the point that, you know, we are most likely releasing this episode the day that we will be having a protest yeah, so Saturday in Melbourne. Is, yeah, so today we're recording on Thursday evening. But we'll be releasing June, this on But it Saturday. is released on the Saturday, yeah. so we are having a peaceful protest in Melbourne at Parliament Steps. And the, um, the, yeah. the message we're getting is, you know, let's keep this as peaceful as mm-hmm, possible, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm sure it will be. Yeah. But the main criticism that I'm mm-hmm. seeing from white gay men online, well, American yeah. white gay men, oh, no, even Australian white gay men, yeah. there's one real there's been a, foul been fucker a, in Sydney. There's been a oh. couple. That I will yeah. post <laughs> about, but real fucking disgust. Like, I have no hesitation to say this is a filth of the fucking earth person. Has has been about the looting and the rioting yes. and the violence, but the the fact of the matter is is at a certain point peaceful process does yeah. not work. It's not enough anymore. It is yeah. not enough mm-hmm. in in the context in your mind mm. as a white person. You see someone looting and you're like that person's out of control. Yeah, because you don't have the context of what it's like to be mm. uh, discriminated against for yeah, yeah. years and years and mm. years and years and years. And years and how that feels absolutely uh, and and you look at the anger and the mm-hmm. and the rage of it all and it's something really understandable i yeah. think when yeah when you go we've been through the reason why there's so much rage is there's a lot of calls to have some sort of reform within the police mm. force at least in america mm. and and the truth of the the matter is is that they've already undergone yeah. Reform. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, it was like 2000... What, was it 2015? Yeah. It wasn't was that it? long ago. Where they had... They spent millions of dollars. Mm. The police force... The very same police force, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. They were put through sensitivity training, yeah. bias training, yeah. mindfulness, mm-hmm. how to de-escalate mm. situations. Yeah. They have already been through what you've been saying yeah. now we need to, to mm. do. And we have ended up in the exact same spot. Yeah. And and the way anyone would look at that is, you know, realistically, logically, you would say, okay, we mm. tried that. We it's cost millions of dollars. It's not going to work. Not done nothing. Yeah. And that's yeah. why they're saying defund. Mm. Yeah. Defund the police. Mm. There's a really useful chart that shows when you put money into this thing and this thing. This is mm. the social effect roll-on effect that has you put Mm. money into it's something like 14 billion dollars the los angeles Mm. police department Mm. is funded by the state when you put money into it what it actually does is it militarizes it it actually funnels and it builds and what needs to happen is it this makes sense to me in my mind and this is my opinion but when you defund something changes start happening on a societal level Mm. yeah when you take the money out of the police force, you say, instead of me chucking $4 million to mm. these people to beat down mm. black people, I'm going to put that $4 million into education and opportunities mm. and into uh, lower socioeconomic neighborhoods mm-hmm. to lift them up. You start seeing change on an actual societal level yeah. as opposed to reform. Mm-hmm. Reform just puts the money straight back into the same toxic belly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this, yeah. you know, this is sort of what I was saying about Grinder before. If you take the money away, they start mm. looking at why the money is missing and they mm. start redirecting, re- re- focusing on it. One thing I, I think would be a great result would be 
making position making a quote like making sure there is black mm-hmm. people in the system there was a really interesting study it was actually a couple of years old but it was brought out again in the last few days about an American police. And if a, if a white dude is put into a position of power, then he's probably going to hire something like seven mates or, or, or people that he's had connection mm. with uh, in the next couple of years. If a black man is put into a position of power in the police force, in a police force in the States, it's going to be four years before he has he promotes another black person because he doesn't want to be seen yeah. as as influencing the system. Mm. What I think would be great would be a law being made to say that there must be in every level a much larger proportion of black people, not only in America, but also here yeah. in Australia, so that we can actually have those conversations at every level of the police force. Yeah. And it's not just bullshit. I mean, I, you know, I've been to those trainings in my own workplace where they come in and they go, look, we're doing a compliance training thing. And everyone's mm. sitting around going, yeah, I know it, I get it, I believe in it. And I, yeah, you know, yeah. It's not real. It's it's not physical, actual learning. Yeah, yeah. It's people ticking boxes and going, yep, done that course now. Yeah. Yeah. If we actually had people that were personally affected by it, and, and, and this is something that happened in Victoria in the police force after the Tasty Raids and Christine Nixon was brought in and she, mm-hmm. she created a lot of reform uh, about the way that the Victoria police treated queer people. If we could see something like that happen on a much larger scale yeah. with people of colour... You know, every police force, I think that might actually have some mm-hmm. tangible change. Yeah. I mean, I read a crazy fact today that in California, there are more required hours of training to become a, a barber than a to become a police officer. Yeah. Really? There's yeah. fifth, so it's 1,500 so 1, oh hours minimum training to become a barber, whereas 664 hours minimum to training become to become a police officer. officer. I mean, if That's, that doesn't say volumes to yeah. you. Yeah. One of the actresses of Pose, um, Angela Ross. Angelica Ross. She put out a video on Instagram saying that you can reform as much as you want in the American yeah, police system, but... The American police system is just that. It is a system set up systemically for racism. It needs to be completely shut down and a new system needs to be put in place. No matter how many black people you put in there, no matter how many gay people, queer people you put in there, nothing's going to change. If the house is rotten, it's always going to be rotten no matter how many... If you've got a termite infestation, you need to tear it down and build it again. You cannot just rebuild from where it is because Mm -hmm. it's going to come down again. Like, it needs, like, especially in America, even here in Australia, it needs to be torn down and rebuilt. I think we're going to have a conversation about this in the future. Hopefully, in the near future, when Donald Trump is no longer president. And I I hope that that is in the next, Mm -hmm. uh, after the next election. But we also have to look at the fact, and I'm not saying, I'm I'm so glad these protests are happening. I'm so glad this conversation is happening. But Donald Trump is the president of the epicenter of the biggest pandemic since the Spanish flu. And I feel like he is prodding this. And and, And whilst I'm glad it's happening... He's winning mm. on two fronts. He's winning because um, he's always... We know he's always wanted to be a wartime president. We were president. talking about this earlier. We yeah. talked about this off air, yeah. yeah. Every, every single day, he was being attacked uh-huh. by right and left wing for fucking up his re- reaction to the coronavirus. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so now, effectively, what he's done, whilst the, the people that were never going to vote for him are, de- like a, are protesting against him, yeah. he's galvanizing... The people that he'd lost a little bit. So he'd lost yeah. some of his followers because of his reaction to coronavirus, yeah. because they started seeing their family members die. Yeah. So the so I'm glad it's happening. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just I'm just like I hate him it's, so much and I'm yeah, and I'm yeah. just furious that he's sitting in his fucking little mm. bunker with 
because that's the thing. Like, there's two approaches that he could have taken, and this is what Kevin Rudd was saying this morning when uh, he w- he was on Channel Seven News, and he was just like, "There's two approaches that a president can take. Mm. You can either be empathetic and you can yeah. listen to the people, yeah, and like, you can diffuse tensions, or you can do what he did mm. and incite violence mm. and put the military into play. Literally. Like, you are making a situation worse than mm. what it needs to be. Like, I mean, it is ridiculous. The- but I also want to say as well. Where the fuck are the Democrats in this situation? Mm. Because you know what? If Bernie Sanders was the leader of the Democratic Party, he would for sure be Mm. in lead with this. But Joe Biden is just like tiptoeing around it, hoping that he wins. And it's just like, no, Mm. you need to be standing the fuck up and making real change and real fucking Mm. speeches about this, speaking out about him, because that's how you're going to win. You are the Bill Shorten of the American politics, Mm. and it pisses me off because you have an opportunity for change and you're not taking it. Yeah. If you actually did step up and made a fucking change, it would make you one of the best presidents Mm. in the fucking new world. Well, not in fucking the history of American politics. It is a new world. It is a new world. world. world, That's for sure. Like, it would just set you aside from so many other white presidents Mm. and you Mm. are just not taking it. Like, Mm. oh. So many white presidents. (laughs) (laughs) All the white presidents. All these white presidents in my pocket. (laughs) Oh my God. God. It is really disgusting to see how the police force is responding in Mm -hmm. so many videos uploaded online now. But in response Mm. to a specific event to do with police, you would think that they would have some sort of empathy or anything like so fucked up. That's the thing. And that's why that's why defunding and and a huge reform needs to happen Mm. because individual police officers need to be held responsible Mm. for their individual actions as opposed to the state. Yeah. That's the problem yeah. here. And that's a problem yeah. here. Absolutely. Yeah. It is a problem here as well. Here. Here where we live. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders are advised that the following discussion may contain names of people who have died. 
The high-profile death of George Floyd and the mass protests that followed has deepened opposition to racist violence by the police in the United States. But deaths of Indigenous Australians within police custody are also happening at excessive rates. Joining us tonight is Alan Clark, an investigative journalist, writer and Murawari man currently based in France. Alan, since a Royal Commission into this very issue in 1991, about 432 Indigenous people have died in custody. How are members of the police force getting away with this sort of behaviour? Look, I think there are several reasons as to why not one person has ever been uh, convicted of an Aboriginal death in custody since 1991. Yeah. Uh, I think part of it is the is that that is in Australia, we don't like truth telling, essentially. We don't like to talk about the ways in which uh, Australia was founded, which was based off uh, spilt black blood. So essentially, the judicial system and the instruments of that judicial system, including uh, the police um, Mm. and our corrections, were set up without Aboriginal people in mind. So for many, many years, um, and we have to look at it contextually, for many, many years, many decades uh, since colonisation, that system has continued to function where uh, it is very clear that Aboriginal lives uh, uh, are treated as less important than white lives. Um, And that is just a reality. So that Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody was set up because uh, there were so many deaths happening that were suspicious, mm. um, often Aboriginal people going into custody for minor infractions yeah. uh, and then ending up dead. So this Royal Commission was meant to get to the bottom of that. It did find that there was institutionalised racism within the police force mm-hmm. um, across the country. Um, it issued a number of recommendations, there were over 300 recommendations, but they weren't mandatory. They weren't uh, mandatory. So yeah. each state and territory, it was their decision whether or not they included some of those measures to reduce the numbers of deaths in custody. Um, unfortunately, only uh, you know a handful of those mm-hmm. uh, recommendations are in place today in certain yeah. states and territories. I mean that is part of the problem. Um, there yeah. are mm-hmm. there are things that the police aren't doing that could reduce this these number of deaths. On the other hand, when an Aboriginal person dies in custody, and you know it's often in in a horrific way, yeah. um, very rarely do you get uh, media coverage that has context. Um, often. You know, we're so used to seeing in the mainstream media in Australia that Aboriginal people are more likely to be uh, perpetrators of crime rather than victims of it. So when we do become a victim, it's very hard to get public empathy. So without that public empathy and the media, you know, actually advocating um, for justice in these cases, often what happens is uh, someone will die you don't get that very public support you would do, say, for a if if it happened to a non-Indigenous person. Absolutely. And that public support is key in, in pushing authorities mm. and our government to actually get some kind of resolution. So what happens is we slip through the cracks. Uh, there have been several police officers who've been charged over deaths mm. in custody, but as I said, none of them have ever been convicted um, which is outrageous when you Absolutely. when you go back and you look at some of 
that um, cases like Morunji Dumaji in Palm Island or David mm-hmm. Dungay in Sydney, yeah. um, it is very clear that uh, someone has uh, failed in their duty of care. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Alan, what do you think it actually says about the culture of uh, policing and correctional facilities in Australia? And what kind of people do you think these institutions are actually attracting? Yeah, I think that's a difficult one in that mm. there are a lot of people working um, within within the police force and yeah. within our corrections facilities who have uh, great relationships with the mm, Aboriginal sure. community. I've met many former detectives and police officers who many of them have uh, gotten PTSD based off working on Aboriginal cases um, because they couldn't get their authorities or their superiors to invest resources in 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 trying to to help um, Aboriginal victims. Mm-hmm. So they've been burnt out. On the other hand, we also have a lot of people being attracted to the police force. A lot of young people, in particular, who come mm-hmm. in with very little understanding of that uh, very uh, very charged relationship between the Aboriginal community and the police force. Mm. Um, they're coming into there and they're being confronted with all of this stuff and often they, they don't have the tools or instruments to deal with that and unfortunately it can end in a death in custody. It's as simple oh, yeah. as that. Or police brutality. Um, yeah. Police forces across the country today say they're different. They say, mm. you know, there's been a changing of guard, that we've evolved, that there is now a more emphasis on sort of working with the community rather than sort of working within it punitively. Mm-hmm. But you can't get rid of over 200 years of 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 racial attitudes within Absolutely, the police yeah. force It's yeah. it, without actually... Uh, making some kind of radical change. Unfortunately, the first thing that happens when an Aboriginal person dies in custody, we'll often see the police come out without the the facts, without all the evidence, and immediately stand behind uh, the police officer that you know has been accused of, of causing yeah, custody. Yeah. It sends. I mean, that that happened to in the Morunji um, Dumaji case in Palm Island. So he was mm-hmm. taken into custody, basically because he was singing that song "Who Let the Dogs Out." As yeah. the cop was nearby, he was taken into custody. A few hours later, he comes out with he dead with injuries that um, most people could only sustain in a plane crash. His liver is almost sliced in two. The officer says that they had a tussle and the, his injuries were just caused by falling over onto a step. Yeah. Um, immediately the Queensland Police Force at that time or, or the Police Association got together and, you know, in solidarity with the police officer, basically uh, threatened to walk off the job or strike if if this police officer was investigated or, or prosecuted. God, um, I mean, what kind of blowing. message that that send and yeah. this is there is very little education within their training i mean i think it's mm. piecemeal um at mm. one point in new south wales i know that in the academy and it was optional whether or not they took a course on cultural um issues um around mm. aboriginal people 
it goes back to the idea of truth telling, which mm. which was one of the main points um, in the Uluru statement from the heart last year, which the government was going to take into consideration in terms of how we move forward as a country and, and sort of unify the country between black and white. Mm-hmm. At the core of that was this idea of a truth-telling commission, which they've had in Canada, where you basically uh, sit down and you air all of your dirty laundry in yeah. the public, and it is an official thing. Everybody has to listen to it. Every you know, Everyone has to look at that racism front on mm-hmm. and say, we messed up, we did the yeah. wrong thing, and, you know, okay, let's get better. But until that happens, I, I can't see police or the judicial system uh, changing in that sense. And now we've seen sort of how mobilised people have become after watching the unfortunate death of George Floyd on camera. Um, but... Like we've had similar videos in Australia where correctional officers are abusing Indigenous people and nothing at all has changed here. Like watching that video of David Dungay was horrendous and I cannot believe that nothing was done about that whatsoever. Um, Why do you think that is? Yeah, look, I mean, the David Dungay video is uh, is really... uh, a really damning indictment on mm. on on Australia. I mean, here is a 26 year old man who refused to eat a biscuit, um, yeah. who who is then basically pinned down by several police officers. Mm. He is saying in the video several times, "I can't breathe." Absolutely. So yeah. he starts to cough up blood, and then he he dies. Essentially, his the air is crushed out of him. It is exactly the same as George Floyd. The reason why the David uh, Dungay video, I think, in Australia didn't really kind of resonate with most Australians is because we don't we view Aboriginal people as criminals. Yeah. So uh, that is the the mindset. So when uh, we have a tendency in our country to side with law enforcement because mm-hmm. the people who are consuming mainstream media, largely non-Indigenous, don't have these issues with with, no. with, the, with the police. They don't have to worry about the police every day. For them, uh, the police are protecting them. Um, and so when they see a video of David Dungay, who is in Long Bay Prison, being killed by officers, there, I think there is an immediate reaction that, you know, he, he was a criminal. He was in jail. Mm. So in a way, he, he deserved it. And that's not just me sort of imagining what people think. I know people no, think that way because I, I, I worked for BuzzFeed uh, for a number of years mm. and covered uh, David's death and several others, including Miss Jew, who died in, a, in WA, who was locked up for unpaid fines and, was, uh, and basically died in a police cell. And the CCTV footage of that is equally as shocking. Mm. Yet yeah. when... I would publish these stories, you know, the comments that I was, I was getting from uh, people outside of Australia was, uh, you know, they were, they were like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this mm-hmm. is happening in Australia. Who mm-hmm. would have thought? We thought Australia was this kind of, yeah. you know, kind of great country that was free and, you know, everyone was yeah. kind of all got along. Um, and then the comments from Australian people 
overwhelmingly would bluntly say, well, you know, they shouldn't have been doing whatever they were doing in the first place. To the point where some people were very explicit about it and say, well, if you don't want to die, don't commit a crime. I mean, so basically, you know, it's... That is the real Australia there. That is yeah, absolutely the one that we don't we don't talk about. So when something no. happens overseas, like uh, George Floyd or mm-hmm. Eric Garner in New York who died, um, several other incidents, it's easier for us to look outward rather than inward because mm, we, sure. we just we have we don't have a history of being able to uh, actually confront you know, our mm. past and the, you know, that, honest and upfront about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that goes down to our education system. Uh, I mean, people not being taught about this stuff. I know if you look mm. in America, they have a very large proactive civil rights movement. Uh, I mean, they have Martin Luther King day, they have all yeah. of this stuff. So by default, white Americans have to be aware of their history mm. in that sense. It, it's, Absolutely. it's there in their face. Australians aren't forced to do that because our, no. gov- our governments don't want to deal with that. Aboriginal issues don't win votes. At the end of the day, we have uh, you know a country that is apathetic mm-hmm. to to any of the trauma Aboriginal communities face or the racism. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, just in the last few days, looking at Twitter, it's uh, it, you just do a search of what. Uh, what Australians think about, you know, what's going on with the Aboriginal Lives Matter marches, which are going to happen this weekend. And and you'll get a real sort of indication of how people really feel, which is that we don't have any issues in our own country. And then you have our own prime minister saying, you know, don't import this Black Lives Matter movement to Australia. Like, yeah, which is so ridiculous. Which is outrageous. How, how would you explain the government's blind spot about the lasting impact of the white colonisation just on that Scott Morrison thing? Well, the fact is Australia has had a Black Lives movement mm-hmm. Yeah, for the past, uh, well, I would say since the 1930s. There were, you know, yeah, and there's yeah. even written accounts of protests in the 1800s after wow. Aboriginal massacres. Jeez. So it's not a new thing. The government understands that Australia is a is getting to boiling point around uh, Aboriginal issues. It's not in their best interest to to try and and quell that tension, so mm. that we're labelled as radicals. Um, you know, which then immediately discredits you and then no one's really going to hear your voice. But I think Scott is just following a long line of prime ministers who who want to brush all of this under the carpet because it is too hard. It's just the Um, easier thing to do, yeah. It is the easier thing to do. And, you know, the fact of the matter is racism is rife in Australia. Mm. Um, It is. You know, politicians do not want to upset the apple cart, so to speak. No. Mm-hmm. It is not in their best interest to sit down, have a honest and uh, discussion about that racism because they fear it will alienate voters, essentially. Mm. Um, it, there have been moments uh, throughout our history where people have gotten their hopes up, Aboriginal people have thought, okay, Something is going to be done. I mean, the Kevin Rudd saying sorry in regards to the yeah, just generation, but sadly, it it has just become symbolic because 
afterwards. Yeah, because sorry is not enough. Like, you need to sort of, like, action. make some action. Mm. Like, you can't just be like, oh, sorry for that. And it's just like, well, what are you going to do now Absolutely. to correct these things? Like, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we have goodwill in spades in that sense. Mm. But where, you know, put your money where your mouth is. We need, and it's not like you don't have the solutions because Aboriginal people have been working hard in the government and outside of the government for years, you know, giving the solutions to authorities to saying, uh, you know, if you want to reduce this racism, this is what you can do. If you want to reduce deaths in custody, this is what you can do. We've had inquiry after inquiry. We've had royal commissions and yet no one seems to want to invest in those solutions. Um, And, and, so, you know, you can understand the anger of the protesters, but Scott Morrison is just uh, completely tone deaf when it comes yeah, to this. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, we, yeah, we, I was just going to say, we've already seen like thousands of protesters marching in most of the Australian capital cities this week um, with a lot more planned for this weekend, like we were just talking about. But um, Scott Morrison has urged people not to attend. New South Wales are trying to make it illegal. And in Victoria, police have said, although individuals won't be fined, the events organisers will. What would you say people that are weighing up the issue of protesting against risks relating to coronavirus right now? Look, uh, all I can say is, I, I mean, I, I've got a lot of friends who uh, who will be marching. I, I, if I was in Sydney, I would definitely be out. I mean, you know, if if you can march, do it. If it, But it is an individual choice. So you mitigate those risks. There are Aboriginal health services in Melbourne, Sydney, um, and I'm not sure in what other cities, but who are providing uh, face masks and hand sanitizers. Yeah, Everyone is uh, is asking that protesters uh, social distance. So people are taking the precautions that the government has told them to take. Absolutely. Yeah. And yet by trying to shut it down, it just goes mm. to, I guess, the, you know, the, the very heart of Australia, which is we don't, want to give a voice to these ugly things that are happening Mm. um, Mm. beneath our noses. Scott Morrison, I mean, just, you know, in May when the protesters all took to the streets uh, blaming 5G networks uh, and calling, you know, and calling COVID-19 a hoax, uh, you know, people need to be reminded that at the time Scott Morrison said it's a free country people are dealing with yeah he literally said people can make their protests and make their mm. voices heard at the time yeah. but the very clear difference you know in this case is that one is for black rights the other is a bunch of white nutcases i don't know it's like the people um, in the u.s protesting about haircuts and like that oh god it's absolutely yeah, it's stupid if Germany after World War Two had not done sort of this, you know, this work in ensuring that Germans had to understand the impacts of, of the Nazis and, and Hitler, yeah. you would not have a country um, so much more about equality now. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. in Australia, you, you know, we don't have that. When, you know, we grow up, um, well, when I was in school, 
and I'm sure it's changing now in schools. But when I was in school, I mean, we were just sort of told Captain Cook came and then uh, Arthur Phillip came. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was going to ask, so is it taught all throughout? Because I didn't, I didn't grow up in Australia. So I only did like yeah. last year or like uh, two years in high school here. But um, do they, yeah. do they teach you this at school? Because I don't remember learning anything in those two years. Not in my school specifically it was an elected subject so you had to elect to learn about australian history and even then it was very whitewashed it wasn't you didn't really learn about aboriginal history it was learning about um captain cook and like all of that right yeah for me personally it wasn't we didn't have access to it yeah absolutely i mean the idea that yeah we would do australian history in school Mm. and i mean aboriginal people were essentially a footnote in that and i think when i was at school um uh, the Aboriginal mm. studies was not di- could not contribute to your university uh, TER score at the time. Oh, wow. What? And, and so, so if you wanted to make up those units, you you couldn't do that. You would have to go do biology or something. So um, it had to be like a really extra yeah. thing. Wow, that's that's awful. And I think times are changing. I mean, I'm working uh, in my hometown of Burke in Western New South Wales. We've started a program mm-hmm. called Spirit, where we. Uh, connect elders with young Aboriginal people and get them to record, you know, the elders' stories of, of their histories. It's an oh, old story. Mm-hmm. Burke High School um, do have a, a strong emphasis because the, the community, Aboriginal community is so large, on ensuring that everybody understands uh, Australian history in its truest context. And mm-hmm. I think kids these days learn about the stolen generation Mm. all of those things but uh, i think when it comes to racism and the indiscriminate deaths of black people that's something we are not teaching our children the idea that we should just get over it is also a concept that keeps coming up because as i said australia has is very good at propaganda is very good at uh, selling itself to the world as this sort of young and free country and everyone's mm. laid back and, and it's great. No we worries. don't have any issues. Yeah. We have wealth. Uh, we have beautiful beaches. We have all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and so we're so invested in the lie that, you know, to actually then uh, um, unpick that would just be, mm. uh, I think, for too much for, for the government and for most people. So, I mean, when Kevin Rudd said sorry, there was a lot of uh, really good will from the non-Indigenous community, but there was also a lot of criticism. I just, the, the sheer amount of comments I was getting saying, why should I have to apologise? Why should I have, you know, I wasn't there. I didn't do this. It was just, uh, you know, just show. Yeah, I hate that. So yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it. And it's yeah. just like, oh, mm-hmm. mate, like, mm-hmm. come on. It's like, people. No one's saying you did do it. People are saying it, it is important to acknowledge that this this happened. That's it. Well, before we finish up, um, Ellen, I just want to ask, like, as a queer Indigenous man, um, what can you tell us about what young Aboriginal people experience when sort of grappling with their sexuality? Oh, look, I th- I've written about this a few times. I mean, and everyone obviously has their own... Uh, experiences, lived experiences. But I think for me, um, I didn't come out until I was sort of at university when I was away from my hometown. It was really difficult um, living in a hometown. And also, you know, the idea of what you have to be as an Aboriginal man, which most people think is just this big, strong fella that plays football and, you know, 
it does all this mm. stuff and I was not that. Um, and so I struggled immensely. But for queer Aboriginal people, the fact is there is, you know, we are living uh, a doubly marginalised life. You know, first for of sure. all, we, we experience racism from the wider community. So we have that. And then we have the homophobia as well mm. from the wider community and struggling with our sexuality. Young Aboriginal uh, people who are questioning their sexuality are, are more likely to um, self-harm or, mm-hmm. or kill themselves. There's not much research around that, but the people who've yeah. worked in those communities, uh, you know, can see it clearly. Often there's a confusion about whether they are doing this because they also live in poverty and they also have many other issues because of their Aboriginality. Mm-hmm. But there is a there's a confluence of two two things there, and um, there are there are a lot of issues. I think the other thing is the for young um, queer Aboriginal people when they do take that step to to come out or be part of the queer community, often there are very there's not many spaces for them to to feel course, comfortable yeah. in. I mean, the, you know, and I just call it the mainstream gay community now um, or, or the scene, as some people say, mm. um, <laughs> is, is incredibly racist, is, uh, is, Absolutely is, is. incredibly toxic um, and it is, is full of often white men who, who mm-hmm. really feel like because they are gay and that they may have been victimised at some point in their life that, you know, anyone else's issues don't matter. So mm-hmm. you will rarely find uh, Aboriginal people at those kind of, uh, you know, within the scene. And um, yeah. I think when I was, uh, you know, kind of in my 20s and, and going out, doing things, uh, I found it incredibly toxic. And I, I have uh, sort of dark brown skin, but my best mate, mm. uh, Maddie is like uh, really, really black. And it destroyed him because people would tell yeah. him, oh, well, you know, do you, you know, do you have a job? Uh, you know, and gay oh, people thought God, they could do this, so bad. Him, you know, or do you, you look, uh, you look pretty for an Aboriginal um, oh, or, or you're disgusting. not like the other ones. Um, mm. And I found that, I mean, I just, you know, we just watched this happen. Mm. And it's unbelievable. Yeah. Because I think, you know, a lot of the gay community think they have the right to say that because in some way they, yeah. they've they been uh, victimised because of their sexuality. Mm. And I just find it astonishing um, the lack of empathy they have for anyone else who ex- mm. is experiencing. I've definitely um, seen a lot you know, of that, yeah. Especially racism on apps like Grindr. Mm. Um, oh, my God, you yeah. Know, things like that. I mean... It, it ex- actively excludes anyone who isn't white in that sense. Yeah, I think we were, so, we were speaking yeah. about earlier about how they've gotten rid of the race. Um, the ethnicity, the ethnicity filter. filter. Yeah. 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 And Which, I, I mean, what's interesting is, uh, you know, I read that article and then, you know, I like curious reading the comments and mm. it's people are so triggered by that. I don't know why. Mm, people are triggered people by are so triggered. everything. It's very annoying. <laughs> so triggered. Uh, so, Ellen, thank you so much for taking the time and energy to speak with us today. It's been super enlightening, really mm. good chats. Um, how can people follow your writing online? Look, yeah, if people want to read my work or look at my stuff, you can just Google <laughs> Alan Clark uh, and put Aboriginal next to it. Um, oh, cool. And, and um, you can also see 
my work on um, ABC's True Crime Unravel mm-hmm. um, online, which which is a six year long investigation I did into the unsolved death of an Aboriginal teenager, Mark Haynes, and okay. um, and I update pretty people people pretty regularly on Twitter. Um, I am working on a podcast uh, at the moment about a death in custody, actually. So it's really timely, um, and that's coming out um, in the next few months with ABC. Yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye out. Great. Awesome. It's so good. Thank you again so much for being here tonight. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to very heated it's a very special episode very special very important um i want to say a big big thank you to alan clark for joining us this evening for a very important discussion it sounds Um, like a tv show host yeah alan clark it's very like featuring (laughs) real feel strong Um, name (laughs) uh, but as said earlier on in the show if you do want to support black lives matter please look at indigenous communities what petitions you can sign what money Mm. you can donate to different relief funds for jail funds for legal funds Um, read and listen read listen learn help help, respect teach (laughs) teach. absolutely um and for our patrons please stick around mm. yeah after, show. after show just for a change yeah we're gonna be chatting about gay spaces and how we feel that things outer space outer spaces <laughs> <laughs> they're colonizing outer space yes outer space space, space force outer space as a human yes. race no gay space. i want to be talking about <laughs> outer space oh tonight i'm sure we can do an outer space i hope we do this podcast situation. long enough to be like the first gay on the moon <laughs> <laughs> You know, stick around Coming for to you live from Uranus. <laughs> oh, oh, get out, Thomas. Uh, but no, as always, thank you for tuning in. And we love you, you all. We love you so much. Love you so much. Thank, thank you. you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.